This is WexCast from the Wexner Center for the Arts at The Ohio State University. For this episode, we continue our semi-regular intro series, which provides an entry point to the work of artists or works that aren't household names. In this case, it's Serbian documentary filmmaker Zalmir Zilnik, the subject of an October 2023 retrospective that will dovetail with this year's unorthodox festival of creative nonfiction films. The event includes a visit from the filmmaker for screenings October 26th and 28th. Chris Stultz, the lead programmer for Unorthodox and the Zilnik Retrospective at the WEX, connected virtually with Greg Decour, an independent curator based in Belgrade, Serbia, who organized the Zilnik series and a larger cross-country tour for the artist. They share information about Zilnik's background, the motivations behind his radical, empathy-driven work, and some of the films they're excited to share with audiences. I am Chris Stoltz, the curator of the film video department at the Wexner Center for the Arts. And my name is Greg DeCure, happy to be here. I am the artistic director and co-founder of a new institution called Kino Pravda Institute in Belgrade, Serbia. Just take it and run. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy to introduce who he is. And yeah, I guess this is one of the reasons why we'll come back to this question, why I wanted to create this touring program, but to, to introduce to the, the, the U.S. audience to who is this, this wonderful human and, and artist and individual and just beautiful spirit named Jelimer Zilnik. In my opinion, he's maybe the most significant independent political filmmaker in Europe working to this day certainly one of the most tenured independent filmmakers in Europe. This is someone that's had a career since the 1960s. He literally made his first short films in the early 1960s and his first professional short films, sort of leading into his first professional feature film, uh, all in the 1960s. So he's part of that golden generation when we sort of think of of post-war, I guess, sort of modernist periods in, in European cinema. He's, he's just an outstanding human being in terms of the way he works and how he works, just the care and, and sort of the empathy that he sort of creates with his camera and through his camera and that he sort of puts on screen, the way that he just, you know, puts his heart where his politics are and vice versa, just practices what he preaches. Um, he's really a, a wonderful ally to many struggles, international struggles and also a wonderful accomplice uh, to many international struggles and, um, and, and situations in which people who are marginalized or, or people who are underserved uh, deserve and, and need someone to, to sort of, you know, help champion their, their cause and help sort of pay tribute and, and um, sort of let people know what's going on, not just in his corner of the world, uh, but in other corners of the world and sort of ultimately creating these linkages and, and sort of drawing these patterns that let people understand how all these things in the world are connected. And, you know, we can all sort of sit by and watch, but I would like to think who he is, is the type of filmmaker that, that sort of signifies that, well, you can watch, but you can also sort of get up and do something and sort of hopefully light the way and, and help show the way. That's who he is. Um, he's also a, a dear friend. I, I truly consider him a living legend. I would say, yeah, for me, the thing that that's, is, as Greg alluded to, is just this this interventionist approach to documentary that he's had for decades, but then also the broadness and nimbleness that, as Greg said, he's he's dedicated his career to documenting and 
working with marginalized communities and the way that that shifted from from his work with Yugoslavian Black Wave in the 60s through, you know, kind of being exiled from his own country to queer audiences, to, to the immigration um, situation in Europe as it stands, and the responsiveness and dedication that he's had to that. Yeah, I, I would also add, actually, that, you know, just to come back to who is Jelimer Zielnik, uh, to be a little bit more specific, I mean, I, I consider him a, um, an internationalist in, in spirit and also in practice. This is somebody that was born and raised in a country that no longer exists, the Socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia. That's where he sort of ignited his, his cinephilia and got into the, the filmmaking practice. He's somebody that was all sort of forced out of his home country and sort of relocated and uh, immigrated to, to West Germany, where he continued working and made some extremely important works, some of which have been recently sort of rediscovered and, and, and were able to see these films and sort of understand his larger co contributions to West German cinema to eventually coming back to, to the former Yugoslavia and continuing his work on television. And of course, with the dissolution of that country and sort of progressing through Serbia and Montenegro to, to Serbia and being sort of a post-socialist filmmaker. So he's somebody that sort of uses his camera and takes his camera across borders to participate in struggles, but also as somebody that sort of spans these different sort of historical and, and temporal and geographical timelines and, and, and borders and boundaries. There's actually, honestly, so much to say because his career has lasted so long. And that's one thing that sets him apart. Again, the longevity. He just turned 81 a couple of weeks ago. and uh, He's currently working on his uh, newest feature-length film. So this longevity, but also, Chris, as you mentioned, this sort of flexibility, this way that he, he can sort of port his cinematic practice and, and style and ways of working to different cities, different countries, different contexts different struggles so again what what sets him apart for me is the care and the humanism is what sets him apart in terms of what's really important for him in in, in creating films and and videos and television programs and now exhibitions what's really essential to him is the people he makes work for the people in the work and that takes a really particular filmmaker um, to be totally dedicated to your subjects to sort of bring them on as, as collaborators in many instances, literal collaborators, not sort of figuratively. Just hearing you talk about him, it's going to be so exciting to have him in Columbus and to share these works with audiences. I'd been aware of, of Zilomir Zilnik's work for quite a while and hadn't had an opportunity to see much and was at the Flaherty Seminar, a number maybe like five years ago, and it was co-curated by Greg and Kevin Everson. And it's a festival that believes in an idea of, of non-predisposition. So you're coming in with no preconceptions. You're watching a film having no idea what the title is, who made it. You're just sitting down cold to watch a film. And we watched a film called Logbook Servistan about two African refugees making their way through Eastern Europe and interacting with locals in ways that it felt like the most exciting things about contemporary hybrid filmmaking that mixes fiction and, and nonfiction together simultaneously. 
there was such youthfulness and liveliness and it was amazing when we went to the Q and a part of the evening, um, where you sit with the filmmaker and to see Zelomir come and, and sit down and see a man in his seventies, I would have sworn this was a young filmmaker coming up, just the vitality and energy. And it's one of the most amazing experiences I've had in the, the couple of years I've gone to the Flaherty seminar instantly like changed my sense of film history zelomir and his centrality to what's most relevant exciting or possible with film he's just one of the most slept on filmmakers in north america that that could change your sense of film history oh that's so beautiful to hear chris so you <laughs> you, you took my my favorite film but i'm so happy you took it from me <laughs> i wish more people would take it because i i wish more people would just share this film and, and appreciate this film logbook serbistan it's such yes i share this love for it it's such a special and important film it's my favorite of all of jilnik's films first of all for a very selfish reason. I worked on the subtitles for the film. I'm, I'm very proud of that, that the maestro allowed me sort of into his circle <laughs> to actually be able to touch a tiny part of the film. That was just amazing for me, but also because, because of this story. Um, I, I, I feel that that film is grossly underrated, uh, certainly among uh, contemporary works in, in Europe that would have aimed to deal with the, the so-called migrant crisis, particularly along the Balkan route which was one of the most treacherous and, and, and most used routes for, for many migrants right up through Serbia, my, my dear adopted homeland and, and Zilnik's homeland. So this was a really important topic to him and also to me. Um, everything that you said about the film, Chris, I, I believe is true in, in just terms of its, its formal qualities, its, its strategies, its spirit, its energy, but also its humor. Just again, I, I come back to that word humanism, but also its, its vitality. And it, it really hits me where I live. Um, for a couple of reasons, literally. One, because I live in Serbia. Two, as sort of an American expat, as they call me, which I hate that word, but as somebody of African-American descent who knows what it sort of feels like to sort of move through the spaces that we're seeing in this film, not just in Serbia, but sort of this larger Southeastern European and, and Balkan space. But also, quite literally, these characters that, um, that are in the film, you know, I traversed some of the same spaces and met some of the same people you know, figuratively speaking, in terms of the places that they went, because what Zilnik does is he puts his characters in in everyday situations because his characters are not necessarily characters. They're the people that he's interested in and, and, and studying and, and wanting to collaborate with. And he invites them to sort of play themselves, right, to kind of live out a version of their reality and their experiences on screen to sort of elucidate larger realities and significances about their place and how it sort of fits with other people's place in the world. So watching these characters traverse this Balkan route and meet the people that they were meeting, I had just so many moments that just really warmed my heart and touched me in terms of the way I felt when I was moving through these spaces and, and meeting people and learning about and, and how people are so eager to sort of share their food, share their drinks, share their culture, share their music, share their views, share their homes, quite literally. Everything that happened in that film in one way or another, I'm definitely not, you know, considering my, my situation the same as, as the plight of migrants. Um, but that path and, and sort of being touched by those spirits and, and hopefully being able to touch other people with, with my spirit 
it's something that really hit me very, very hard with this particular film. Uh, sometime after the film had already been made and had started playing in, in numerous festivals. And again, Zilnick's film, reality kind of spills onto the screen and spills back out off the screen. You kind of see people that you either know or, or places that you go. It's, it's, it's very much a film of the streets and in the streets. And I was walking through the city of Belgrade one day and I, I walked right smack into a Zilnick film because as I turned the corner, I literally came across one of the gentlemen that appears in the film who is actually a migrant, obviously, who's actually trying to get through this Balkan route into Western Europe. And uh, I saw him and called out to him and said, oh my God, I mean, you don't know me, but I, I know you. Uh, I know this film. I worked on it. I, I know Zilnick. He was so happy to see me and to meet me. I talked with him for a little bit, just kind of learned about where he was going and what he was going through. I shook his hand and we just kind of parted ways. And, you know, I went my direction, he went his. And um, that was also just a really special moment for me, just, just kind of being able to slide effortlessly just between his lived reality and mine and the film. I think that's just one of the beautiful things about Zilnick's work. He sort of unites people probably in ways that he doesn't even imagine or couldn't even imagine because his films obviously take on lives of their own when, when sort of people are able to, to see them and experience them and, and take them with them. That's one of my favorite anecdotes in, in my entire sort of life experience in, in, in Serbia and in, in this wider space, and certainly one of my favorite anecdotes uh, within Zelmajilnik cinema. The opportunity to, to watch these films with Zelomir here in person is going to be such an extraordinary experience for anybody who's interested in cinema or even even the world. Anybody who's curious about the world will, will gain a lot from coming to these screenings. And I'll say that we're doing a program of shorts and we're showing a lot of shorts by the folks who are screening this weekend from, from Chris Harris to Zelomir to Beatrice Santiago Munoz. And there's a short of Zelomir's called Uprising in Yazak. And this is another film that for me embodies Zelomir's project, his spirit, his sense of humor. And forgive me if I get some of the details wrong, Greg, but it's a portrait where, where Zelomir is interviewing citizens in the countryside who during World War II fought off Nazis as they tried to invade the village. And they're recreating it years later, but just doing it playfully and very performatively and as, as almost a communal act. And it's such a special film that in such a short amount of time captures all of humanity almost. Yeah, that's a, a really important film. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it. It's a firecracker of a film in terms of the way he deals with the, the senior citizens, the, you know, the, they give great lessons on how to be true anti-fascists, <laughs> nothing theoretical about them. They lived it and, and they did it and they would be very happy to do it again. So we would definitely call them OGs, as the young folks would say, in terms of the anti-fascist struggle and the liberation struggle. That's a really important film that's getting a lot more play in, in recent years. A lot more people are, are sort of encountering that film and sort of putting it in its proper place in terms of the history of of, of engaged nonfiction. In the spirit of, of adding one more, it's a film that Zelda Mijilnik made when he was forced to leave socialist Yugoslavia because of 
sort of the subversive and, and sort of the ruthless critical nature of his work. And when he got to Western Europe, he got involved with the film scene there very quickly and made a number of films that were just as fiery, just as socially critical, and actually got him in just as much trouble. And, and they kicked him out of West Germany and he had to go back to Yugoslavia. But before they kicked him out, he made a film in 1975 called Inventory. It's a film where the camera is placed on the first floor of an apartment building in the city of Munich. Uh, a region in the city that's known for housing a lot of migrants, a lot of foreigners, a lot of Gastarbeiters or, or guest workers, as they're called in, in Germany. And he quite simply asked all the residents in this building to stream downstairs one after the other to stop in front of the camera and to narrate their story, where they're from, what they're doing, how they feel and whatever they feel like expressing. This incessant sort, incessant sort of movement of, of people and, and this flow of stories and the sound effects of, of sort of feet shuffling and, and, and people stammering to express their situation becomes very hypnotic. It's very much a, in, in the shadow or, or I would say in the sway of structuralist experimental films, but it's also a very revelatory minimalist documentary that says a lot about contemporary Western Germany and, and, and migration and, and work and politics ethnicity, culture, all these things, maximum of expression through a minimum of means. And just another sort of side note, that film is also very special for me because one of my great friends and, and, and one of my favorite filmmakers, Kevin Jerome Everson, who you mentioned, he remade that film. Um, mm -hmm. So you have a really odd, unique sort of leap between generations and, and, and cultures and great artists with Kevin Jerome Everson sort of paying homage to, to, to Mr. Zielnik and literally making a film um, in, in the spirit of, of inventory. Inventory is showing in front of log book service stands. So that's a powerhouse of an evening that folks won't want to miss. Yeah, the thing that moved me to create the touring program, I mean, first of all, just the basic hope and, and desire to, to answer that question that we started with, right? Who is Jovem Zielnik? But more importantly, to introduce him to audiences and, and institutions that maybe haven't had a chance to show much of his work, or certainly maybe haven't had a chance to, to invite him or, or have him in person. To be honest, it kind of started out as a joke. Jovem Zielnik's life partner, his, his wife and his producer and his distributor is uh, Sarita Matijevic, another wonderful dear close friend of mine and, and a brilliant producer who doesn't get enough credit for what she does but she's the glue that holds a lot of his work together and and sort of the distribution glue also that kind of lets his film get out there and you know sort of be seen throughout the world or we were speaking about an invitation that they had to the united states and she was telling me about where it was and what it was all about um and and we sort of started joking and and mentioning that, oh, it'd be great to create a tour. You know, I, I can be the manager and, and Jilna can be the rock star. And she said, yeah, let's do it. Let's let's go see some places that we haven't seen in the US before. And let's, let's road trip and let's do all these things. And we just kind of laughed and sort of egged each other on. And at the end of the discussion, it was like, well, yeah, why not? Let's do it. Let me reach out to colleagues and, and, and people and, and see if anyone's interested and see if we can sort of string this tour together. So brick by brick, sort of step by step, it started coming together. Many, many thanks to Chris and the whole team uh, at, at the WEX for, for inviting us and, you know, being a really important stop on this tour. It's, it sort of got out of our control because what started out as kind of a nice little Midwestern tour, quite <laughs> honestly, turned it into sort of, a, you know, it turned into a coast to coast 
Yeah, what I would say to, to someone who experiences his work for the first time or who will be experiencing it for the first time, I mean, I would say this about any any film artist, any filmmaker. Uh, I would urge people just to be open to a new experience and to not being given what you already know, but hopefully to unveiling something that you haven't seen or, or sort of experiencing something different. I would say that his films tend to be very abrasive, uh, meaning his films tend to sand off all that's unnecessary in cinema. And he gets to the core. His films are not about sort of creating sort of beautiful sequences, beautiful camera moves or people with makeup on looking beautiful and doing beautiful things on screen. He gets to the reality of people in situations and in my writing about him and his work, I've sort of, I've sort of likened his camera to a scalpel rather than some filmmakers who use their camera as a paintbrush. To me, that's what Jilnik is and what he does. He sort of cuts through, a, you know, a lot of unnecessary things and tries to sort of reveal and expose uh, the bonds that sort of unite people and therefore the bonds that structure society, what's wrong with those bonds, what could be done to improve them, and hopefully to get at some some ideas and some pathways to, to a better world for all of us. Also, keep in mind that when you look at his work, you're really looking at a pioneer in terms, not just of nonfiction cinema, but as Chris mentioned, sort of interventionist nonfiction cinema, certainly hybrid filmmaking, what we know today as hybrid filmmaking, you know, putting real people in situations where they're playing themselves. Yonick's been doing that since the 1960s consistently. So he's certainly one of the one of the pioneers of that style of filmmaking. Somebody that's experiencing his work for the first time is going to be seeing the birth of a lot of things uh, and being introduced to, to worlds, uh, whether they be in Southeastern Europe, other parts of Europe and the world that they might not know, but hopefully, um, like all wonderful forms of cinema, can be used to sort of, you know, powerfully unveil some things for people. Zelomir's way that he's he's moved filmmaking into an action, how he's he's documented and advocated for homeless populations, queer populations, migrant populations lived under dictatorships. It would be nice if his films felt historical, but they feel very engaged and contemporary in ways that feel rare now, to be honest. I don't know if I've said this many times, but this really feels like a filmmaker who is a model, not just for like viewers, for audiences, for, for makers, but, but uh, across the spectrum. And, and this year's Unorthodox really focuses on nonfiction filmmakers who are kind of bucking the trend that's, that's so prevalent in, in documentary and nonfiction right now, where you're, you're applying for funding for a film with almost a thesis statement, and you know what your film is before you make it, you know what you want to say. And, and Zelomir and so many of the other filmmakers showing in Unorthodox, they they discover the film over the process of making it. They discover it with their collaborators. The process is is visible in the result of the film. This is the opposite of industrial filmmaking and it needs as much of a platform as it can get in this like, homogenized media landscape. That was Wex Film Video Curator Chris Stoltz talking with curator Greg Decor about the work of filmmaker Jalmir Zilnik. For more information about the Zilnik retrospective and all things Wex, go to wexarts.org. For the Wexner Center for the Arts, I'm Melissa Starker. Thanks for listening.